What's up, runners? Welcome to episode 24 of the Up and Running podcast. On this week's episode, we are going to be discussing a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And I feel like I say that about most things on this podcast, and that's simply because I absolutely love talking about all things running and specifically the science behind running and training and all of those ins and outs. And this week we are going to be discussing the menstrual cycle. Now, gentlemen, please don't turn away, don't shut off the podcast or skip to the next thing that you're going to listen to just yet, because chances are you have a female in your life that you can learn more about here and help support, because we all need support sometimes and we all need reminders on how to best take care of ourselves and prioritize ourselves, and females need that. So listen to this podcast, learn a bit more about female physiology. Ladies, learn a little bit more about yourself and how you can support yourself and empower yourself through this cyclical process. And that is going to not only make you a better runner, but gentlemen, it's going to make you a better champion and better cheerleader for those people in your life. And it's going to make you a more understanding human being because you actually have this greater knowledge base that a good majority of the population does not know and does not understand. So without further ado, let's talk about the menstrual cycle. What's up runners? This is the personalized running doc. I'm a runner rehab specialist, running coach, and competitive distance runner. And throughout the early years of my running career, I was plagued with repetitive injuries and told by many a professional that it was my body's own fault, that my body wasn't built for running. So either I could quit or just live with the pain. I decided to choose option three, dive into the science behind running and training, which is what allowed me to return to running pain-free and continue chasing after my own PRs to this day. And now I'm gonna tell you all that I have learned along the way and how I coach my own athletes to do the same. This is the Up and Running Podcast. All right, runners, let's dive right in and start discussing the menstrual cycle. So specifically in this podcast, we are going to be discussing the first two phases of the menstrual cycle, which is considered the low hormone phase. I will release part two of this podcast in the next coming weeks. That's going to discuss the second phases of the menstrual or the third and fourth phase of the menstrual cycle, the second unit of the menstrual cycle that's considered the high hormone phase. And why do we need to talk about the menstrual cycle at all? Well, it's important to understand that females hormonal cycle is on a monthly basis in comparison to men who have a 24-hour cycle. This means that if a man does everything the same in terms of nutrition, hydration, recovery, sleep, like takes care of like stress management, mindset, all of that, they're going to wake up feeling the exact same every single day. There may be a few like discrepancies here and there again if they're not getting enough sleep, if they're eating different foods, all of those things. But what happens for females because our hormones literally change on a daily basis and fluctuate but depending upon where we are in our cycle that means that we can do everything the same and wake up still feeling different and we often do we have these different emotions and different feelings and just different sensations in our body depending upon where we are in our menstrual cycle and sex hormones travel via your bloodstream and so they affect everything 
literally everything. They affect how you move, how you think, how you feel, what you eat, how you even digest food. They're going to impact how much muscle you can build at any given time. So learning how these hormones are going to impact us in training is super important, not because we want to think of it as something that limits us at any point in time, but more so that we can use it to empower us take care of ourselves well and we utilize these different facets of our training outside of just the physical things that we're doing, we can actually have our menstrual cycle help us and enhance our performance by being picky and particular during parts of our cycle of like what we're actually going to do and how we're going to execute it. So the, I kind of mentioned this already, there are four phases of the menstrual cycle I talk about the menstrual cycle and phases just because it makes it easier to talk about and most people don't really love saying like menstruation or period. Um, So talking about the menstrual cycle and phases makes it just more of an approachable topic to have without there being any kind of stigma or kind of discomfort with kind of talking about the the ins and outs of where you are in your menstrual cycle, which this should be a completely normal topic because it's happening to women every single day for a majority of their lives. But there's still, again, this kind of like taboo-ness around talking about these more private matters that do actually impact everyday life, but they need to be talked about. So let's talk about them in phases. There are four phases of the menstrual cycle. Phase one is menstruation. Phase two is follicular. Phase three is ovulation. And phase four is the luteal phase. Now, typically, most people know that the average menstrual cycle lasts around 28 days. If you use an app, if you use any like algorithm, if you Google it, you're probably going to see the number 28 pop up as in terms of an average. But that average comes from the highs and lows of female menstrual cycles. And so there actually can be a greater range in terms of the normal monthly average for a female cycle can range between 24 to 36 days. If anyone is an adolescent listening to this podcast, this is normal to be even further like irregular. It's normal for it to be irregular when you're an adolescent um, and later into like womanhood and adulthood because again, hormonal changes are happening then. We'll get into that on another topic or on another podcast. But the typical range is 24 to 36. But if you are an adolescent and your period, your menstrual cycle is coming at a lesser frequency than that or a greater frequency in that, that is relatively normal as long as you are still getting a menstrual cycle. Um, There's some kind of like things that we would need to keep an eye on there, but that's kind of hard to talk about without knowing more information about someone's specific case and scenario. The first 14 days, so if we're using that 28-day average, the first 14 days of the menstrual cycle is considered the low hormone phase. And that's what we are going to specifically discuss on this podcast is the low hormone phase. The second 14 days is considered the high hormone phase. And that is what we are going to discuss next time. So in this podcast, we are going to be discussing phase one and phase two. Menstruation is phase one. 
when you get your period, and then the follicular phase is phase two. So let's talk about phase one, menstruation. Typically it lasts one to seven days, and this is a low hormone phase. Now, most people think that sounds opposite to what it should be, but it truly is. It is your low hormone phase. And at the beginning of this cycle, we need to prioritize recovery because there's still most likely some premenstrual symptoms um, that we are experiencing during this time in terms of bloating, fatigue, headaches, cramping. And so prioritizing recovery, maybe pulling back on the intensity of our runs is maybe the best thing for us. And this is person to person, but usually those first one to three days are relatively still kind of in a sticky place. It doesn't feel 100% great to be working out specifically at a higher and harder intensity. Gentle exercise, so easy runs, recovery runs, biking, swimming, strength training, usually those feel good during this time because they're not as intensive. I say strength training with like an asterisk in terms of like, again, maybe we're not going for our one rep max during that time, but if you're doing your regular routine and keeping weight moderate and doing some regular sets and reps that you're used to, it can usually feel pretty um, comfortable during this time of the cycle. But we are in a low hormone phase. Our hormones are starting to shift and drop um, very gradually. And this is the time where we physiologically are as close to males as we will be. That is just, again, so crazy to think about when it comes to the fact that we are actively bleeding for one to seven days. And that's when we are closest to our male counterparts in terms of physiology. But during this period of time, pun intended, (laughs) uh, we have a greater pain tolerance. We have usually higher energy levels. Again, if we prioritize like those easier, gentler movements in the first couple of days, our energy starts to climb back and we have more energy to work out to do the things that we normally would do. And we overall just feel stronger. So we're actually later in the menstrual cycle. So let's say days three through seven or four through seven, we are actually primed for harder intensity workouts by that time. So the first three days, we're kind of prioritizing recovery, keeping things gentle, monitoring symptoms and trying to manage symptoms. Um, And then the remainder of the week, we are actually feeling a lot better. We're usually, our energy is coming back. We are feeling stronger and more primed to actually do some harder efforts. And I can attest to this. As a female, I can attest that this does definitely happen. Um, During this period of time in your menstrual cycle, There are things that you can be doing in terms of your nutrition to kind of help manage those symptoms and help you feel your best. One of those things is high fiber. So seeds, nuts, greens, fruits. Uh, We want to utilize fiber to help essentially move things along in our GI system. Um, Bloating, constipation can sometimes be high during this period of time, um, as well as something known as period poops. Those things happen because of the, again, the the shift from the high hormones. High hormones creates that inflammation, which actually can result in like the storage and constipation and bloating that we experience. Um, But then when we shift into the low hormone phase and we start to experience the menstrual cramps and start to bleed, 
the hormone that's released that causes the contractions of our uterus to kind of shed the lining because that is what menstruation is. It's shedding the lining of the uterus. That's when those same hormones actually work on your GI system and can create the urge to go to the bathroom. And so high fiber can one, help move things along as well as kind of slow things down if we need them to be. So seeds, nuts, greens, and fruits. The other thing that we wanna be doing during this time is again, you're coming out of a really high inflammatory state being in that final phase of the menstrual cycle. So phase four, which we'll go in at a different um, time, but you're going from a high hormone phase, which is high inflammatory and you're having a lot of premenstrual symptoms because of that high inflammation and high hormone. So we actually wanna be trying to limit foods that are going to increase inflammation in our body. That does not mean we stop eating those foods if they're a normal part of our diet, it just means that we try to limit them. So what types of foods are that? That's meats, specifically red meat, um, coffee, processed sugar, fast foods, kind of greasy, fatty foods, things like that. We're trying to limit those because those increase inflammation in the gut, in the um, gut biome, and that can then create more inflammation systemically throughout the body, which is not ideal during this period of time. We are trying to manage those symptoms in the first three days so that when our energy does come back, when we do start to feel stronger and more refreshed um, later in the, fa- the first phase, we can actually do high intensity workouts. But if we're not fueling our body appropriately during this time, we can absolutely cause those symptoms to like kind of linger and stay with us. So the goal during this period of time is to focus on symptom control. Now, a very common misconception with the menstrual cycle is that having your period on race day is bad or having your period during a hard workout is bad. And as I kind of spoke about earlier, it's not necessarily bad. Uh, If we can manage those symptoms in the first three days and you're not kind of feeling too off, and again, we utilize nutrition in the final phase of the menstrual cycle and in the beginning of the phase for you to feel your best, you can actually, again, be primed to work really hard and have a really great race. So there's actually, and there's proof of this, um, and we can kind of like pick that out of what we see in the media, but there is a professional runner, Paula Radcliffe, um, who broke the record in Chicago in 2002 while she was suffering period cramps in the last third of her race. So she actively had her period during the time that she ran Chicago Marathon, and she broke the record, the course record, in 2002. So... Oftentimes you can actually see an improvement in your performance because the hormones are dropping. We're in a prime state to actually work out harder and energy is returning and our pain tolerance is increasing and we're just overall feeling stronger. So we need to kind of debunk this myth that running when we have our period, when we're in, when we're menstruating is bad for us or we're not going to do our best because of that. Now we're going to take a little segue away from talking specifically about the the next cycle and we're going to continue to talk about the menstrual cycle for a second because I want to talk about heavy menstrual bleeding. This impacts one-third of females and uh, female athletes specifically. Apologies. So one-third of female athletes suffer from heavy menstrual bleeding and this increases the likelihood of red S. What is red S? Red S is relative energy deficiency in sport. 
it's important to understand that the increase of exercise, so the more that you exercise, has no correlation to heavy menstrual bleeding. So the more that you exercise does not mean that you're going to bleed more. The less that you exercise does not mean you're going to bleed less. This is completely different and completely like removed from each other. But it's important to know that if you fall into this category, there are some things that we need to be doing to kind of keep you safe so that you are not at risk for red S. Again, that increases the likelihood does not mean that you immediately will have it. What are the symptoms of heavy menstrual bleeding? Large blood clots, double padding, increased frequency of changing pads or tampons, and bleeding through clothes. And what this also does when we lose this increased volume of blood, this actually increases our likelihood of an iron deficiency. So not all females are going to be iron deficient just because we bleed once a month. Uh, this, again, depends upon specific physiology, genetics, as well as your diet and how you're fueling yourself. But if someone is experiencing heavy menstrual bleeding, they are most likely at risk for iron deficiency. And so they need to be getting tested by a medical professional. Let's kind of go even further into these little kind of like niche topics. Iron supplementation. Not every female runner needs to be taking an iron supplement. Not every male runner needs to be taking an iron supplement. If you are taking an iron supplement and you have not been tested by a medical professional, you have not gotten a blood test to test your total blood count iron as well as your ferritin levels, you should not be just taking a over-the-counter iron supplement. That it is actually more dangerous for runners to take an iron supplement that they do not need than it is for a runner to be iron deficient. So please do not take an iron supplement unless you have been instructed to by a medical professional. Get tested if you are if you are unsure if you are iron deficient. It's not super expensive and normally it is covered by insurance. So make sure to get tested before ever taking an iron supplement. The other thing that you wanna consider if you do have to take an iron supplement, say you get tested, your iron is low, your ferritin is low, you may wanna consider taking that supplement every other day. Research has shown that taking iron supplements every other day actually improves the absorption rate from the, the gut um, and taking that supplement with orange juice. Why orange juice? Because orange juice has vitamin C in it and vitamin C has been shown to help absorption of iron. So taking orange juice or taking a vitamin C supplement with your iron supplement can then again help absorption. Now things to remember not to do, do not take coffee with your iron supplement. Coffee is very acidic and will essentially prevent the absorption of the iron supplement. You also do not want to take an iron supplement immediately after training. Again, your gut is very um, exposed during this time after harder intensity workouts or even just easy running. Um, and it's going to create more acid and acidicness and it's going to actually irritate your stomach more. Another important supplementation for runners, if there is concern with fatigue, iron delivery, oxygen, all of those things is B12. Um, and these things aid in oxygen transportation to our muscles, which is obviously very important. So now let's get back into talking about the menstrual cycle. Let's talk about the follicular phase. This is phase two. This is typically happening days eight through 11. And now what's happening during this period of time 
is your hormone levels as a female are starting to increase, specifically estrogen, dopamine, and serotonin. This is usually when we feel our best. So how I usually describe this when I like present this to my athletes is this is the point in your cycle when you look in the mirror and you're like, I look good and you have confidence and you're feeling yourself and you're, you're just, you're having a great time. Um, you're happy overall because again, we're getting the kind of right mix of hormones increasing all at once estrogen, dopamine, serotonin, happy hormones. During this time, the other thing that occurs because we're getting that like proper kind of concoction of hormones is your body demonstrates improved recovery and adaptation to exercise. So what does that mean? This is the time in your cycle to be scheduling those hard workouts if you can, or scheduling your races in. So this is the time that we wanna be racing, that we wanna be working hard to try to improve our fitness because we have an improved recovery rate and improved exercise adaptation. Now, what can we be doing to kind of help support our body during this time? Prioritize carbohydrates in your meals and continuing to eat protein as well in those meals with the supplementation of a little bit of healthy fats in there. So we wanna have that nice kind of like healthy plate of food that we are going to be getting enough fuel to support the intensity and duration and overall volume of training that we are performing at. And this is going to help us not only get stronger, but run faster. This is going to help us grow muscle and recover better. And this is the primed state of your menstrual cycle when you can do this. Now, this does not mean in those other cycles in phase one or phase three or four that you cannot perform your best. It just simply means that this is usually the time where like it's most likely going to happen. But again, if we are prioritizing our other facets outside of training, if we are being respectful to our body's needs and limitations at certain times, we can absolutely kind of rig that to make us feel our best regardless of when. And it just matters about how intentional we are throughout the cycle. So I hope you enjoyed part one of talking about how to train with your menstrual cycle as a female athlete. If you are a gentleman listening to this, thank you for listening. Thank you for learning. Thank you for being open to this information. And everyone stay tuned for part two where we will discuss the latter phase of the menstrual cycle. We will discuss amenorrhea, strength training, red S, all of the things that you need to know, how to track your menstrual cycle. These things are important and they are going to be tools that you can use to, again, help empower yourself and improve your performance around your cyclical health. If this was something that you felt was helpful, share it with a runner today and let them know that this podcast is all about providing the science and understanding of our human physiology to better our performance, to not only improve our performance, as I just mentioned, but stay healthy and stay running for the long term. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you took something away. Have a great week, runners, and keep on running. Oh, 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 oh,